Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not gonna lie, I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. Yeah. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. The emergency pod, Alex. The Thunder have traded Chris Paul to the Suns along with Abdul Nader. Wow. Are you you bummed out? uh, Because he can't be part of our young core now. I know. We we lost one of our fake young guys in the trade and Abdul Nader. Uh, man, crazy day today. Uh, the Thunder, I just thought like the news of the day is we're just going to just dissect a little bit more like Dennis Schroeder to the, to the Lakers. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, no, the Thunder in back-to-back days trade, uh, two very important pieces to their team. And Chris Paul, maybe the most important, uh, person to the team in regards to success for next season, uh, in return, the the Thunder get what I think is a really great haul. I've had people in my mentions say it's not that great of a haul, um, but I think it's a great haul. Number one is they get a 2022 first-round pick from the Phoenix Suns uh, that is a for-sure first-round pick, which matters because some of these first-round picks are kind of fake picks or if they only land in a certain range and they become two seconds, no, like this is a, a tried and true first round pick that will eventually turn into a first round pick if the Suns uh, somehow are not very good over the course of the next few years. They also get Ricky Rubio. They also get um, Kelly Oubre. And then they also get uh, Baby Westbrook in this deal. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on the trade, Alex? I mean admittedly my first thought was oh man we didn't get the 10th pick just because i was excited about the draft and it would be fun to have a high pick you know yeah it'd be something to do on wednesday say this i wouldn't let this wash your hopes for a high pick in in the draft on wednesday by the way that's true that's true they they could still make a move i mean they have the biggest war chest maybe in league history in terms of upcoming picks 100 percent, it is the biggest in league history and no one has ever seen so, it at this level. So that was my first reaction. Okay. Second reaction, we knew that uh, Rubio and Ubre were going to be in there. I think yeah. both of those are nice pieces to have. I think Ubre should be able to get you a first-round pick. Yeah, I, I just think there are enough teams out there who need a wing, and especially a young wing that you can still project forward that he might have some additional growth left in him. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you were someone like, for instance, the Golden State Warriors, I'm not saying they would give up the number two pick or the Minnesota pick next year, but if you could fit him within your trade exception and give us back something, I think that would make a lot of sense for them just to have another wing. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of teams that could use him. And Rubio, it's a little more up in the air because as we've talked about, you know, the point guard position is pretty stacked around the league. So maybe he's not as simple to move. He also has more time left on his deal. It's not an expiring. Right. So maybe maybe that one doesn't get turned into an, a magical asset in the next week or so. But, you know, the other guys, uh, Baby Westbrook, never heard of him before. Had never seen that name in my life. You're not a big uh, Jalen LeCue guy? Uh, I don't want to pretend like I had ever heard of that guy before because <laughs> when I saw his name, I it was just like, I is that a, a, a misspelling? Is that someone maybe I know, but it's spelled differently because yeah. I had never seen the name before. Yeah. 
And I, I got to be honest, the uh, the nickname Baby Westbrook doesn't get me too excited because that just sounds like a smaller, less strong Westbrook, which doesn't sound like an NBA player. <laughs> I mean, Westbrook's strengths are kind of his strength and athleticism. So a yeah. baby version of him, not not quite sure. Very cute, though. Baby Westbrook would be very cute. It's been proven. <laughs> we saw Noah. That's a baby Westbrook. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm, I'm – overall, I'm just very happy that a deal happened. Yeah. Because go, going back to last year, after the initial deal was made with Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul, mm-hmm. my big concern was how are we ever going to get rid of this contract? Mm-hmm. And we had talked ourselves into that heat deal happening, which, of course, we were just completely making up on our own hoping that they would throw in Tyler Hero back before we knew he was the next MVP. Right. And then it kind of like waxed and waned during the year, and eventually we kind of settled in like, okay, he's not getting moved this year. Yeah. And to go from that point last summer, where I honestly would have been happy to give up some of the assets that we got in the Russell Westbrook trade just to get off of that Chris Paul contract, to now we're getting multiple assets back Multi- and not just picks, but things that you could flip into other picks. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible. Like, you, you're looking at it big picture, there's no way you can be unhappy with just the series of events that has occurred over the past 12 months. Yeah, somehow I also glossed over Ty Jerome coming over to the Thunder. Oh, which, now he, I know, I know him. I know his name. Yeah, I knew the name. I liked him in the draft. I thought that that was, I think that he's a guy that is is pretty... I think that he's got a skill set that fits the modern NBA. Like he can shoot it, he can pass it. He's a little slow, which would be like the only like thing that's going to keep him from being an NBA player. But take a shot at a guy that can shoot, pass, and dribble, man. Like Ty Jerome can do that, and he's tough. So I really I like just. I mean, he's just a prospect that you add to the team. You see what he can do, and he can shoot, which is great because shoot like shooting is is a premium in this league, and so to have a guy like him. Uh, to just develop and see if he's anything great, and if he's not, like it doesn't really matter. Like he's he wasn't really even the asset that you got. The asset that you got was the twenty twenty two pick. Um, but man, aren't you, aren't you glad that the Thunder didn't go with all of Tim Bontemp's suggestions for for trades? There, I am, I am, I am. And even though I thought those might have actually been more realistic, just because I was worried, I didn't know what what <laughs> Chris Paul's value really was. Yeah, I mean, let's be frank, like. Outside of this Suns deal, we didn't really hear a lot of rumblings over these past couple weeks. And maybe that's because this Sun deal has been in the works for a really long time and they've already shut down other teams. But like a Bucks deal never really like came out. We never really heard anything about like a Sixers deal. So mm-hmm. I was legitimately getting worried that there wasn't going to be a good spot, meaning like a place where we'd get assets back and to actually and for it to actually come to fruition because as we all know, sometimes they'll report on those trades that there's in discussions and then it just never happens. Yeah. So I'm just glad that we've gotten to this point where it's already in the rearview mirror. We know for absolute certain this team is not running it back. No. We are team tank now. It's official. We are here, baby. It's time. It, we are superstar hunting. Small market superstar hunting, which means going for top five picks in the draft. It's, we can start the engine. We're starting the engine because the 2021 draft, one, I hope that we can have a draft party in person. Two, this is the draft you want to be in. Everybody keeps saying it. It's great. And the Thunder, the the real only team in the Western Conference that wants to be there. Everybody else is trying to make the playoffs, including obviously the Suns now, which is another added benefit of trading Chris in the Western Conference is, hey, great, a team that was in the lottery this year, Let's get them out. Let's get them. Let's make them better. Let's make them compete. Let's let's have everybody win 37 games. And then Thunder can win 28 games or whatever it's going to be this year. Because as presently constructed, like this Thunder team, while very weird, uh, they've got like good players. And it's, it's funny that they wind up with two guys on their team as of today that are their positions at a premium in the NBA. Every Every single contender can look at the Thunder and say, there's two guys I would really like to have because they are big wings that can defend and shoot it. And that's Kelly Oubre and the Danny Green. And I think the Thunder, they're not done because, you, you, like you said, Ricky Rubio may not be as flippable. But if you talk to people within the league, 
the one thing about Ricky Rubio is I think that everybody would like to play with him. He's very well regarded yeah, in the sure. league. Like he defends really well. He plays his role very well. He's very well liked. So if if he's like your fifth or sixth best player rather than what he's been, which is like your third or fourth best player, then he becomes way more valuable. So like to a contender, where in the 2021 or 2022 draft, you may end up with like the 27th or 25th pick or whatever in the draft. But that'd be worth it to trade Ricky Rubio for. Just another bite at the apple. Not that you're necessarily going to hit. I mean, you rarely hit on guys in the 20s, and that's just the way that it goes. But the Thunder are just really looking for just as many bites at the apple to get stars. And you never know where you can find them, especially in this upcoming draft on Wednesday. You never know where you're going to find them, but the Thunder would like to have as many shots as they can get. Yeah, and... At some point, especially if they're able to flip some of these new assets like Danny Green and Oubre into more assets, at some point we got to start talking about consolidation because you can't draft all these players. And obviously Sam Presti knows this. Yeah. And the Boston Celtics know this going yeah. back to all the picks that they got in the uh, Brooklyn Nets deal. At some point, you're going to start having to consolidate. And maybe we see that as soon as Wednesday night. Maybe they do make a deal using some of those future assets to try to move up in a draft where maybe they've identified someone like Poku or like LaMelo even and try to make an, a, a big splash maybe a little bit earlier than we may have anticipated. But I, I, yeah. they're obviously not going to dr- draft all of these picks. There's too many. I mean, they can't. I mean, you already have. They can't. <laughs> you already have SGA, Baisley. Dort, which are guys you can say, yeah. And even Ty Jerome. Like, let's just throw Ty Jerome in that group of guys where it's like, eh, maybe. It's four, right? That's four guys. You're already up over 20 players that you'd have to have on your team to take all those. <laughs> like, you can't, it's just not physically possible. It's not within the rules to make it happen. So, yeah, they're going to make trades with some of these picks, certainly. And you can make the argument that if the Thunder know, like maybe you don't know, but if the Thunder have a really good feeling about a guy in the top five where they're like, yeah, that's our guy. And we think that's a guy we can build around. And you trade for them and you already believe in SGA. And then you get LaMelo or you get Poku or you get Anthony Edwards. And you're like, man, I really believe in that guy. We can bring him in. We can turn him into like our third or fourth best player. You have just accelerated your timeline significantly. And then you're going to be really bad <laughs> because I mean, you could theoretically take Kelly Oubre, your 25 and 28 plus another future first round pick, maybe from the Suns or maybe a heat pick or even a rockets pick where like, Hey, look at the rockets. Like the rockets are falling apart. We'll give you this pick so that we can pick number three or we can pick number two or wherever and say here, you can have this. And then the Thunder go into next season and they're letting SGA take 22 shots and they're letting whoever they take at the top of the draft take a ton of shots and they're inefficient and they just suck. And then somehow they end up at like the third pick for next year. Then like, then you may have three guys, <laughs> you know, at least like in your top five that are ready to go. And that team right. could be bad. Yeah. That team could be bad again, maybe even one or two more years, but you've got a young core already. And maybe those guys aren't great, and you could even package them to to trade for another play. I mean, the thing is that the Thunder have given themselves is a tremendous amount of possibilities on how to get back to a contender. And we have people out on the internet today saying, like, oh, I don't like how the Thunder have helped all these guys get out of town and yada, yada. But the truth is, like, this is a small market. And if your stars want out, we're even in, in, it doesn't even have to be a small market. We're seeing in Houston right now, which we will talk about today because we've got Alex on the line. You're seeing in Houston, it's like the most terrifying place to be in the league is to have these stars and you're just trying your best to just hold on. And you're losing your grip and you're not probably going to get a great trade. And if you do, you they have no assets. They've, Daryl traded them all. They're all gone. They have no young assets. They don't have their picks because they traded them to us. It is the worst place you could be. And now the Thunder, because they were more amenable and could see the writing on the wall, they got out in front of it. And now they can have a chance to 
build up where like in the Western conference, like the competition is so steep that I don't know if this is like the West you want to be competing in. I mean, I feel bad for teams like the Kings who have like been waiting for forever to try to compete. Well, they can't even get in the door because they don't have one because they've been poorly run, but two, like, because like the West is too good. And, and I think it makes sense to hang on to some of those players till the bitter end, like we did with Kevin Durant. Sure. Or like Milwaukee would gladly do with Giannis if he doesn't sign the designated player extension. Definitely, definitely. Because when you have a clear shot at a championship, you have to make that decision to go for it because you don't know when, how many times you're going to get that opportunity. But in a case like Oklahoma City, it was very obvious to me. In a case like Houston, I think it – I don't know. Like, I, I really don't know what they should do because we don't, we still don't know how James and Russ really feel about the prospect of having to play another season. Yeah. Like, if they're at the point where, like, listen, eventually we'd like to leave here, but we're open to giving it another go, then I think you just hold on to them because, especially if that net trade is the best you can do, I mean, what, where that does just, just doesn't put you anywhere. Like, none of those picks are going to be blue chip picks none of those guys coming back are young blue chippers like it's just a bunch of it's just it's mediocre and like all the individual pieces on their own are fine but it's like it's james harden oh like you're setting your yeah if you're a thunder fan they would be setting their franchise back a decade oh yeah if you're a thunder fan you were rooting hard for the for a nets trade to happen by the way like that's this is what you it's the perfect Perfect trade. <laughs> it is because Dinwiddie and Lavert are good, but they're they're like Nader. They're like fake young guys because you think of them like, oh, they haven't been in the league that long. These are younger guys, and they're like they're like twenty seven, like they're they're in their they're entering their prime. Like they're the exact type of guys that will get <laughs> put them in tenth place year after year after year, and it's that's the perfect that's the sweet spot for the Thunder because you don't want them to bottom out. You don't want this team to trade James Harden for draft picks. Because if they do that, then they will bottom out and you you may miss out. Like you could you could totally miss out on having those first round picks because some of those picks turn into second rounders. You you don't want to do that. So you you you're rooting really hard. I know it's it feels weird to to think about James Harden and Kevin Durant being on the same team in Brooklyn. Like that's super weird. Like it's a really strange timeline for them to, to hop back on. But you can also think about the fact that having James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving on the same team doesn't exactly scream chemistry. So I'm um, I I wouldn't actually be <laughs> too worried about that with regards to like championship potential for that team. So you're saying that we need to trade for some Nets picks. You're saying those could be undervalued right now, future Nets picks. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit him up and was like, hey, Steven Adams for your 2025 first round pick, top three protected. What do you say? What do you say? Yeah, because on the flip side, like if they did do a deal with Philly, I know that there's a wide range of opinions on what Ben Simmons is. Yeah. But in my opinion, Ben Simmons is a 24-year-old all-NBA player who has never been in a system designed around his skill set, which just so happens to be the system that already exists in Mm -hmm. Houston. Like, they already have the players to surround him with. So if they were able to do that deal and then trade Russ for whatever, who cares, Mm -hmm. I think they would be able to bounce back a lot quicker. And maybe they're not a contender where they were with James Harden, but I think they could get back in playoff contention relatively quickly. Um, because they they have they've practiced this system for a long time. Like yeah. Ben Simmons would be like a bigger version of Russell Westbrook, and you'd play him much more in the post, and then just surrounding him with shooters. We've never seen that with Ben Simmons. Mm-mm. No, I think I think that's the best move for them, and I think that's firmly on the table. Which is if I'm and if I'm the Rockets, I pull the trigger today. And just be done with it, right? Because it doesn't. Oh yeah, and I love this seem like You're heading down the right road with this team, even if you ran it back. Like you're not winning the title. You don't have the chance to win the title if you run it back. Yeah, and I love this idea that Tillman would potentially opt for the Nets deal just to spite Daryl Morey. Yeah, it's that would. I mean, that would glorious. just be like. Oh, that would be amazing. Anytime anyone makes a trade, not in their own self-interest, but to spite someone else, those are the best trades. Oh, 
Yes. Like like people were bringing up today Popovich trading Kawhi to the Raptors, which in retrospect is one of the worst trades we've seen in recent memory of a major star. Yeah. And to be fair, Kawhi was injured at the time. No one really knew what his injury status was. But all of the reports at that time was that the Lakers were very interested and had picks and they had young players and Popovich just didn't want to give in and trade him to the Lakers. (laughs) And we heard the same thing with uh, the Pacers when they were, when they could have traded Paul George. Mm -hmm. Now it worked out for the Pacers, but those types of deals, when you don't act in your own self-interest, forget about the other teams, just do what's best for your team. Those are the best trades. And I I could totally see Tillman making a trade like that. Well, the Thunder did it last year with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. I mean, they could have been yeah. like, like, no, we can't trade Russ to the Rockets. Are you kidding me? What if that worked out for them? That would just look so bad for us. Like, what if what if they got totally. to the Western Conference Finals? That would be just horrible. And Sam was like, I don't care. Like, I think Chris Paul's still good. And I think that we can do this. And they rehabbed Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul was a huge part of it, too. Like, he decided to change his diet and got a new trainer and all this stuff. Like, that's, that's great. But... To be able to take a guy who had clear negative value last summer, I mean, just so much so that they had to give two picks and two pick swaps in order to acquire acquire Russell Westbrook. Now, just imagine Russell. Like, what is Russell going? What are you going to get for Russell today? I mean, I just don't know what you. I get. don't know. I mean, the the best case scenario for them is that Michael Jordan, which. Kevin O'Connor has reported this, that Michael Jordan definitely wants Russell Westbrook on the team. If you're letting Michael Jordan make those decisions, the third pick all of a sudden becomes, it comes into the realm of possibility. Oh yeah. Even though from the outs, even from the outside, that doesn't make any sense. And obviously if they were ever offered the third pick and just say like Batum and whatever filler you'd have to put in there, like that would be an amazing trade for the Houston Rockets Mm -hmm. because I think outside of a situation like that I don't know what they're getting in fact I think the best they could hope for would be like an asset neutral trade (laughs) well and you've got an inexperienced GM at the helm which makes things even worse yeah if it was Daryl I would I wouldn't doubt that he could get something good for Russell you know and he, he may have to expend assets. Actually, I mean, they don't have a lot to expend, but he would probably exhaust the amount of assets to get there because he's even said on the record, you you acquire all these assets, and then once you get to the top, you spend all of them. Like, you, you, you eliminate all of them and try to win a title, which I, I, I respect that method because it's something that we had kind of had always hoped that Sam would do throughout the years. Like when they had the chance to do it, like go get Aaron Aflalo, like go like do these like win now moves that like we were like begging <laughs> him to do, and he was still going after like these fringy moves, like the Dion Waiters trade, and even like the Jeremy Grant trade to to an extent is is one of those moves where that really worked out. But nine times out of ten, like the Jeremy Grant move is just like oh you just traded for an athlete that can't do anything. You know, I mean, that's that's the reality of that. So I respect that. But now you have Raphael Stone. Raphael Stone's never made a trade. He doesn't. He's never been in charge of doing anything like that. And now he's got these two stars that are ready to get out. You know, I feel so horrible for Steven Silas, who's like just like grinning ear to ear, so happy to just be here and finally get a chance. And it's like uh, nobody wants to be here, dude. And you and you read Kelly Eco and Sam Amick's piece last week, and uh, like it was funny. Kelly just like spilled the beans on everything. It's like, yeah, PJ Tucker is like super pissed about his contract, and Trevor Reese has got hurt feelings, and like all these things. Like it was just unbelievable how bad everything was uh, in Houston, and that's. I mean, it's just it's just the worst place to be. And the Thunder are in like this great place now where you're like, okay, what are like the possibilities are endless for the Thunder. Uh, the possibilities in Houston, just and you can go read Red 94's uh, Twitter timeline to just find out how hopeless it feels right now. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, talking about possibilities, you know, if they 
have identified either in this draft or the next draft a player that they really think is going to be that type of generational cornerstone. They can do so much to get him. And the thing I go back to is the Luka Doncic draft, the fact that the Mavs correctly identified Luka for who he was and went aggressively, which is crazy because at the time, it was just a future first. That's yeah. all they had to give up to acquire this guy that by all – by all reports, like they had identified as like this is our number one prospect on the board. Yeah. All they had to give up was a future first. So now moving forward, if OKC can identify maybe not someone on the level of Luca, but someone who they think can be their cornerstone, they have so much more that they're going to be able to give up without really affecting their roster in any way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of ammo they have, they can do any move they want. They could they could give the biggest godfather offer in the history of the league if they really wanted to. Like everything <laughs> is on the table. Yeah. The only thing the only thing that they do need going forward is they're still going to need contracts on the roster. Yeah. Because you need contracts especially if down the road you're looking to trade for a star, you're going to need contracts. So they're not going to trade all of these guys that they get through various <laughs> mechanisms just for a future asset. Yeah. And maybe that ends up being Ricky Rubio who stays around for next year. You know, maybe, maybe they do keep Kelly Oubre and they sign him to a reasonable deal just to have that on the books. Who knows what it is, but they are going to need contracts on their cap sheet so that they're not spending only like, they're giving a max to Shea, and then there's like 14 guys who are on the minimum or whatever. Yeah, they're going to need some contracts. They'll get yeah, and they'll have guys like they they have they have guys now. They have Steven, who is a contract, right? Um, and he's a guy that you could re-sign at like 12 mil a year or whatever, which may even still be an overpay at that point. But you can still have him, <laughs> right? Uh, they'll yeah, and they'll they'll trade Rubio, and they may get back a guy, and maybe you keep Rubio just for that purpose alone one real sweet guy and actually like a good pro uh super sweet super sweet guy uh and just a guy you'd probably like to have around honestly like he's i think he's great and then i think honestly the value in nba wings is pretty is to me it's like too much of a premium to just hang on to him right these these guys are proven nba pros in kelly Oubre and danny green and that's why I'm just like, yeah, trade them. And then you go and figure out like the diamond in the rough wing that you can find. Maybe it's maybe they do end up picking just at 28 and 25 and you draft two wings there and you just see if you can work it out. You know, I mean, that's, right, what, that's yeah, what I would do. Both of those guys, and especially Danny Green, um, they're, they're not a star wing, which is probably the most coveted position in the league. Yeah, yeah. They are really serviceable, good NBA wings. Either of them could start on the vast majority of NBA teams. And that makes a lot of sense for any teams that are either in contention or just making the playoffs and wanting to be good. But yeah, for the from the Thunder's perspective, holding on to that type of a positional asset, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. On the other hand, like you don't want to just give them away. I saw Anthony Slater tweeted out that, uh, hey, Ubre and Danny Green fit right into Golden State's trade exception. And for a team like the Thunder, who might be wanting to sh- sh- uh, shed salary, and I was like, what? They don't need to shed salary at this point. Like they're getting off a of Gallo, they're getting off a of Robertson, they're going to be below the tax. Mm-hmm. Boom, done. They, the trade they made for Chris Paul saved a little bit of money. Yep. So like they don't need to shed any more salary. At some point, they're actually going to get to the bottom yeah. <laughs> where they would have to pay like a fine or whatever if they if they went below it. Mm-hmm. So they do not have to sh- make a deal just to shed salary at this point. They can do mm-hmm. whatever they want and they can wait for the best assets. So if Golden State really wants Ubre, and honestly, like what are they really going to get that's better than that for their trade exception? And they're not willing to give up anything. Well, then Presti just won't make the deal. There's yeah. no reason to do it. No. That's exactly right. They're, I mean, they've shown in the past because people have been like, well, look what all they got for Paul George. They can just give Russ away. Like, you can just get back contracts. It's like, no, 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 no. Like, not doing that. In fact, I'm getting two picks and two pick swaps and a valuable player. Cool. Now you got Chris Paul. Well, we can just give Chris Paul away just for just for contracts. Just that's fine. We're, that was we, me. That was we've me. We've got that enough. We have enough. Like, no, no, no. Stop. I'm getting a a, a draft pick 
in one of the best upcoming drafts in 22, which would be a really great draft. I mean, the Thunder could get Chet and somebody else in 22. Who knows? God, I would love to have Chet on this roster. Um, but man, like you, man, could, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to start watching a lot more college basketball. Oh, it's gonna be great. I'm gonna. I mean, I'll be making some. I don't know if they'll let people in the buildings in Stillwater, but I will be trying to get in to see Cade this year. I mean, I will, I will make that drive. <laughs> Just let me in. Just be pounding down the door. Just let me in. Let me take a peek to see Cade. Um, but it, and they also like the twenty-two pick is great. But they got Ty Jerome, who is a guy. Like he could be a guy. He could be a role player on a good team. And you got Baby Westbrook, and you've got two guys that are flippable. Like it's just it's just funny that the Thunder. It's almost it's almost just comedic how the Thunder have for years and years and years have been trying to find wings like role playing wings like a Kelly Oubre and like a Danny Green and finally when it's time to tear it all down they end up with those two guys <laughs> they end up and they're going to be trading them to contenders they're going to be trading them I mean what team could not use a big wing that can shoot like there it's every team every team and and the funny thing is like every team is trying to compete this year. And so, like, the Warriors would love to have him. I think even the Timberwolves would like to have a Kelly Oubre who can score from the wing. I mean, there's there's a host of teams that would like to have both those guys. And it's just funny that the team that has you know, been trying to find 3 and D wings all these years or trying to turn somebody into a 3 and D wing all these years... They're the team at the end that that has them, and then we'll eventually trade them uh, within the next few months or even within the next week. Yeah, the, the Timberwolves are an interesting one because if you're the Timberwolves and you want to take LaMelo, but you do feel like this positional need that Anthony Edwards could potentially fill, mm-hmm. and you could get that player, you could fill that spot by trading for someone like Kelly Oubre, and then go ahead and take LaMelo if that's who you really want. Um, it would make a lot of sense and it would kind of free them up to do what they actually want to do because I'm, I'm still, <laughs> I'm very concerned about LaMelo and D'Angelo in a backcourt yeah. in a season where you'd think they'd want to get significantly better. Yeah, they've got, but some, they've if got they can bring in, if they can bring in more NBA guy, guys like a Kelly Oubre, mm-hmm. maybe that makes that plan a little bit more sensible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the trade, if you can't tell. Like, I love the trade for the Thunder. I think that it's... And I also like it for the Suns' perspective, too. I mean, you get a guy in Chris Paul, you essentially just add him to your 8-0 bubble team and just take away Rubio, and that's the deal. Uh, they're allowed some flexibility as well with the trade. Uh, I like it. I like it for them. I think that it that it helps them. It, it could vault them up as high as 7, you know, in, in the Western Conference. Uh, which is a place that they haven't been in a decade. So I'm sure that they would yeah. love to make the playoffs. I think if if I'm looking at it half glass full, I think the fact that CP3 only has two years left is really important yeah. for the Suns because sure. this is not a long commitment. It's basically this weird year we're about to have with no fans in the building and then the next year. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work out, fine. Like you're off of all that money. You're going to have, be able to make another move. If it does work out, well, all of a sudden Chris Paul has like catapulted your franchise, which has not made the playoffs in a decade into a level of respectability that you didn't previously have. And now maybe Chris Paul moves on. Maybe he goes and signs for a minimum with the Lakers and him and LeBron are like the oldest uh, men ever playing together (laughs) in a basketball game. But maybe at that point you have gained more respectability where you can actually sign some pretty good free agents Mm -hmm. now that Aiton and Booker are in their primes. So I like it. I don't think there's a ton of risk for them Mm -hmm. involved. And the way the pick protections are, you know, the only way it can really screw them is if Booker ends up leaving in a few years. Yeah. And by 2025, they never really made the playoffs. They still continue to be this really mediocre team. And all of a sudden, that pick is unprotected. That's the one scenario where it really would work out poorly for them. And I, I think that's probably a low risk. Yeah. Or a low probability scenario. Yeah, I agree. I think the pick will convey. I love the protections on the pick. It's like perfectly designed by Sam because they're likely going to be like the 13th through like the 16th pick in this next draft. 
or in the 2022 draft, I mean, like that's that's likely where they'll be. I don't see them being an elite team, and I don't see them being a team uh, that's going to fall so far out, out of it that they're going to be like the ninth pick in the draft. So I think it's just like it's the right. it's the exact sweet spot where if you're wanting to pick in the teen range in the 22 draft as well as your own pick in the 22 draft, which could be top five. I mean, if they could, they could have multiple picks in that draft, which is, which is what you want. It may not be the double draft, but it's still supposed to be a good draft. Uh, but I mean, let's forget 2022. We got to talk about 2021 because we get the two best picks of our own. Yep. The Houston Rockets and the Miami heat. Mm-hmm. And based on things that are happening with the Rockets, Listen, maybe they don't trade them, but I think at this point it's more likely than not that a trade happens. Maybe not right now, but could also happen during the season. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, they could end up realistically, even with like if they have a decent start and maybe they even trade for those Nets players and they're just kind of like a middling team, mm-hmm. you could still potentially get like a late lottery pick out of that right off the bat. Like the first year that we're getting one of Houston's picks and we're getting a late lottery pick in a draft where all of these guys have reclassified, Mm -hmm. exploding the number of really good top lottery picks in like that top eight to 10 range. We already have all the picks that we're going to have in the future. I mean, if there's someone they like next year in a draft, in the draft, they have so many picks and they're going to have their own and they're going to have Houston's in the same draft. They can do whatever they want. Oh man. How many times has Sam Presti just giggled to himself today? I mean, so th- I mean, frankly, the easy part's done. Like he he's done, he set up this he could leave right now as GM. They could bring someone else in and it would be the greatest GM job to start with ever. I mean, yeah. the only one you could say maybe would, was better was Hinky coming in just because he had that organizational support to do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. But like, if you were coming into this job right now, it's amazing. But now it's the hard part because not only are you trying to identify players that you really like, yeah. I do think you also have to factor in that you are a small market. Yeah. It may be harder than other teams to keep some of these potential prospects going forward. You're going to have to do a lot of work on like the personality side Mm -hmm. to identify which of these future guys make the most sense in Oklahoma city, you know, Cade Cunningham going to Oklahoma state. I feel like that's a, that's pretty good sign right there. You know, Oklahoma state's a good basketball program, but it's not like he chose Duke or Kentucky. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That is, it is a good sign that he's willing to come to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Then coming to OKC is a big upgrade, baby. That's it is. Upgrade. Yeah, big league city. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think they're going to have to do a lot of work. And that's honestly why the whole Lamella thing has always just felt weird to me. Yeah. I mean, obviously they brought in Leangelo to the, the blue team. He's here. And maybe they know something that we don't. And maybe, maybe it's as simple as they're willing to give the keys to the offense over to Lamella, which maybe he would not get in very many other places. I don't know, but if, if that is the case, like I have to assume they've done their homework on his personality because at least our experience with Lonzo in the early days, yeah, it it seems terrifying for a small market to give away a lot of picks for that player. Yeah, that did straight up terrifies me. Like just straight up, I'm mortified. Like I'd rather go Poku, you know, and completely swing and miss. Yeah, Poku, he'll be fine. He'll be fine in Oklahoma City. He'll love it. Yeah. I can't see Poku demanding out. Maybe he would. We know. The thing about Poku is that we just know nothing about him. And so we can just make it We know up. nothing about it. He can just be yeah, anything. we can just project onto him. Yeah, yeah. He could be, yeah. He, he could totally have my personality, right? He could, like, love to live in Edmond, <laughs> Oklahoma. That could be a thing. I could, he could get him chosen to go anywhere. He could just stay here. That's That's what he could be. Uh, but yeah, Lamelo Lamelo is scary only because of, and maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's unfair because we haven't really heard a peep out of Lonzo or his dad since he got traded to New Orleans. Yeah. So maybe maybe that was just kind of like Lavar's ball's first time on the scene. It's his one chance to make a big splash. He made his splash, but now honestly, Lonzo is probably in a better situation for him and his mm-hmm. growth, and so it makes sense. And and so I don't know. I mean, he also went to Lithuania 
LaMelo did to play yeah. basketball. It wasn't like he was trying to go to Duke or Kentucky either. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still terrified, though. Yeah. No, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be terrified. But if they take him, just know that you'll be really excited on Wednesday. Oh, I will. I mean, there's so many draft Knicks who have said that LaMelo Ball, for all of his flaws, is still their number one prospect and like it's not particularly close. Yeah. Oh, I meant to tell you, did you see the guy? There was a guy on NBA Reddit who has been doing this like uh, model, projection model for NBA draft prospects. Hmm. And he's been doing it for several years and he back tested it. And based on his back testing, he claims that this model is more accurate by 20% than like the average, you know, draft guy. Wow. And his, so he released his rankings for this year. Mm-hmm. Number one, LaMelo Ball. Number two, Pokushevsky. Ah. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, uh, does this guy work for the Thunder? Did he just release some right. state secrets? How, did, how do you even use Pokushevsky's stats to like do anything? With? I know. I mean, he, the dude ex- he explained how he does it. Year olds. Like, what do you like? What do you do with that? I don't know. How and I went back that. through some of some of the previous years, and the most impressive one was that he had Jokic ranked number one in the class based on this model. Seriously? Yeah, which is crazy. And there's it's like dated. absolutely crazy. It's like dated back then. Like he, he didn't go and do this retroactively. No, so this so it is retroactive in the sense that he develops the model and then he back tests it to see what happens. And there's huge mistakes. Like the Carl Anthony Towns year, I think he had him ranked seventh okay. as a prospect. So there's wow. definitely it is not flawless, just like anyone's big board wouldn't be flawless. Yeah. But he claims that if you compare his results to anyone else's results, it, it does better by twenty percent. So Wow. Lamelo and Poku, future of OKC. Could be. Could be. I just have the feeling the Thunder are going to try to trade up in this draft. I just got, I just got this feeling about it. I think the Thunder like this draft. I think the Thunder would like to trade up in this draft. Um, just a guess, but I would, um, I don't know. I just got a feeling that they're not done. It's been a big, big week. It's been a big two weeks. They got their, they got their coach, Mark Degnault. They traded Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers. What do you think about that trade? By the way, we haven't discussed that. It feels like old news, but it happened like. Tw- a day ago. It does. It it absolutely lined up with what my expectations were for a Dennis Schroeder trade, yeah. which is to say that I was not overjoyed. It wasn't like, wow, Presty really pulled one under on them. Like, yeah. this is amazing. What a what a crazy haul. But I also wasn't disappointed. It like exactly met what I thought we would end up getting for Dennis Schroeder. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I was just happy because uh I don't think they were going to do significantly better. And it sounds like there was a deal on the table, or at least trades had been discussed with the Milwaukee Bucks. But I, I'm pretty sure their pick is worse this year. I, but <laughs> don't they have the 30th pick? No, no, no. They, have, they would have been the... They, they have... Let me look real quick. No, they, ha- they have a higher um, pick. But they're, the Thunder aren't going to take back Bledsoe. I mean, that's, that's the yeah. reason why they're not doing it, is that they do not want Eric Bledsoe. So. Yeah, because then you're, oh yeah, because their pick is going to Boston. So they don't even have their pick this year. So it'd have to be a future pick. And frankly, you'd have to unprotect it they if have you're the going pa- they to have be the giving Pacers back pick. Eric so They have the Pacers pick at 24. 24, okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if that um, was even, I mean, that's maybe what was offered, but to move from 28 to 24 and you have to take on two years of Eric Bledsoe, that's probably where they were just right. like, no way. <laughs> Sorry. Not happen. I mean, just so. Uh, so yeah. Overall, I, I like the deal. I, I am very interested in some of like the smart NBA guys. Yeah. Some of which I like very much. Talking about the limitations of Schroeder mm-hmm. and kind of focusing on those, which I totally understand. I mean, I was one of the biggest voices on Twitter last year, especially early in the season, basically saying like, "This is a complete fluke." If you look at Schroeder's hit history like the way he is shooting the ball right now has never happened in his entire career there's no way this keeps up and then of course it did keep up so uh, i understand the hesitation from some people but even at a slightly reduced level compared to the way he played last year just that extra ball handling 
especially during the regular season, which is going to be just like a miserable regular season by all accounts, especially for a team like the Lakers who have the shortest layoff. I think he's an awesome pickup for what they had to move. Yeah. I mean, the 28th pick and Danny Green, like what are you getting that's better than Dennis Schroeder? And they still have Kyle Kuzma, who Mm -hmm. theoretically is a better asset than Danny Green. And who knows, maybe they could potentially flip him for something. Yeah. So I, well, I really like it for the Lakers and I like it for us. Yeah. And they're going to okay? sign free agents. Yeah. They're going to, I think it's a good deal for both sides. I think people are underestimating Schroeder a little bit because he's not a bad defender and he is lightning fast, can get into the lane. And I think that, I mean, LeBron just makes guys better, like just flat out makes guys better. I think he's going to get evidenced by the fact that uh, all these guys are opting out of their uh, <laughs> one-year deals because all of a sudden Rondo can get more money. All of a sudden KCP can get more money. Yep. Like it's all because of LeBron. Yeah. It's great. It's great for Dennis. The Thunder get another asset and then they get a chance to flip Danny Green, which I think they will. And that's, I mean, I, I don't know how, I honestly don't know what you, a lot of people are saying they don't think it's good enough. And like, if you line up the talent to talent, like I get it, but you also have to understand that Dennis Schroeder is an expiring contract and you, you usually don't get great value for expiring contracts. And if you can get a first round pick for an expiring contract, then you did well. I mean, that's just the fact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we could have waited to the trade deadline, but I don't think the, compensation would have been significantly more than that. Yeah, I don't think so. I think, I mean, they traded Schroeder and Chris Paul at probably the top of their value that they would have had. There's no guarantee that Schroeder oh. comes back and shoots the ball like he did. He may not shoot the ball well for the Lakers. I mean, that's a that's a distinct possibility. Uh, and you've and Thunder have already gotten cashed in their asset there. It's great. Same with Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul... Could have another bad year with his hamstring, and and he if he did that in OKC, like you're not, you're not even probably getting Rubio and Ubre for him because you could you could even say, okay, the Thunder got Rubio and Ubre, and maybe that's it. Well, they can flip Ubre into a first round pick, so it's like they traded for a first round pick. Like you can talk yourself into it that way. Well, no, they they also got Ty Jerome, who was a first round pick last year. And they got a 2022 first-round pick that will eventually be a first-round pick if it's not in that year. I mean, like, that's a tremendous haul. I mean, that's the that's the top of the value for a guy that makes $40 million in the NBA. I mean, it's just really hard, and that's already 35. So, I mean, it's... Yeah, and... They did well. And I think um, with Schroeder, one of the biggest factors that we're not talking about is that he isn't expiring going into a free agency next summer where a lot more teams are going to have room. Yeah. And so if you're going to trade for Schroeder now and give up anything of value, you have to be under the assumption that you're going to be willing to pay him next summer. Mm -hmm. And there's a chance, like if he has another good season, he could be making like 20 plus million a year or at least high teens. It's mortifying. I mean, that's basically what he's making right now. Yeah. But like, so you have, you have to be willing to give that guy probably a three or four year deal where somewhere between like 17 and $21 million a year. Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of teams, that's just a really tough pill to swallow. And what if he, cause what if he has a bad year? Now you feel pressured to sign him or you're just going to let him walk. And then you gave up those assets. So Mm -hmm. I think a late first Danny green, totally acceptable. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. The thunder are set up really well. And unintentionally like very few things have worked out for people during the pandemic, like very few, but like this, this tanking year for the thunder was, is, which is what it will be has completely worked out for OKC. You're likely not going to have full capacity with fans. You have 10 less games than you would have originally. I mean, you don't even have to worry. Like the worry for years and years is like, Will people still show up to the arena if the Thunder tank? You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to because people are coming anyways. I mean, that is just an outstanding stroke of luck for this team where things may break just right. Where you talked about this Houston pick in 21. It's not impossible that the Thunder are picking two guys in the lottery next year. And if you do that and you hit on both and you already have Shea and you already have other guys that you like, you're not that far from being done. I mean, 
the it could line up very well. Now there's a lot of things that have to go right to get there, and you also have to pick the right guys at the top. Not not in every good draft you don't always pick the right guys. Like OJ Mayo was a top guy in a good draft, didn't work out. Michael Beasley, top guy in a good draft, didn't work out. So like there's going to be guys there that don't work out. So you have to pick the right guys. But the Thunder have mostly always picked the right guys at the top of the draft. And is it luck? Yeah, I was Certainly. just thinking. Yeah, but also like they've, I think that they trust themselves. Yeah, I was just thinking they've. I think they've had six lottery picks, but of course they've only had three that were in the top ten. Yeah, because they had Cole Aldrich, mm-hmm. Campaign, mm-hmm. and Stephen Adams. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys in the late lottery. But I, unless I'm missing anyone, the only other guys they've had have been KD, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. So. I totally understand that Presti's draft record is a little bit more checkered when you look at the whole picture like anyone's would be. But I think you can take solace in the fact that when he has had a top pick, he hasn't missed yet. Yep, Doesn't mean he won't miss in the future. In fact, it's more than likely that he will miss with one of these picks. But it's still good to have that guy in charge. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. Thanks for joining us on YouTube. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our page. Click the button to subscribe. Make sure you comment. We appreciate you guys. Hope that you guys have a great rest of your day. Make sure that you uh, go subscribe to The Athletic. You can go subscribe at theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get it for $1 a week. Uh, some outstanding content there. You can even go listen to a breaking news pod from me and Sam Amick. On the, uh, on the front page of The Athletic. So go check that out. I uh, hope you guys have a great day. Make sure you follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Make sure you guys join us Wednesday night for our draft party, our virtual draft party. We'll be doing this uh, on YouTube similar to this. Uh, so please make sure that you tune in. Uh, have a great rest of your day. Talk to you guys again. Probably, I mean, probably in like two hours they're going to do something, I would guess. Just, who knows? been podcasting all day so you probably heard too much of my voice already so enjoy enjoy